Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Well, we've had a difficult time this week trying to get this gentleman on the air if for some reason or another, whether it be Kevin or 103.7 The Buzz, but we're now joined by Hoop Scoop, better known as Kevin McPherson, Arkansas Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. All right, Kevin, last night, put in perspective, I, I could ask both you and this question also to Rick, put in perspective the kind of run, if you will, our season that uh, Mason Jones is having right now. Uh, maybe uh, you'd have to go back to Martin Terry, go back that far in Razorback history uh, of a player who is putting up this kind of season. Was it, what, his seventh? Is that correct? Seventh, 30-point game? Eight. Eight? Okay. Eight. That is, He's that up is to eight. amazing. Yeah. So Martin Terry had 17 of those games, but Mason without Jones now is all blown up second. Without, without a three-point field goal, and Martin Terry jacked him up from everywhere. No telling what I'm <laughs> Well, there, there's perspective, but I, I will say this. Uh, mm. Razorback fans know who Todd Day and, Cl- and Joe Klein are, yes. and, and those guys each had nine in their careers, nine 30-point games. And so Mason wow. Jones, eight this season, but ten for a career when you count the two, his wow. first – sophomore season and so he, he kind of passed those guys up but look nobody in the sec has done this in over 20 years now uh having eight games of 30 or more points he's the leading scorer in the league this is a dynamic offensive player if you watch mason jones the way that he can manufacture free throws i mean he he surpassed Sidney moncrief last night yeah. uh when he made his fifth free throw it tied moncrief's uh Season uh, single season most free throws at 214. He surpassed that, or 213. He surpassed that with a six free throw uh, made last night. So, and that came about you know six minutes left in the game. But you know the, the guy gets to the free throw line. He has an uncanny ability, even though he's a, a, a below the rim finisher, to just find those finishing angles. Even after he beats his guy when the help comes, he still sneaks the ball up over that rim and off the glass. He kisses it just right. Sometimes it's off balance. You wonder how he did it. Of course, when he gets hot from three, then you know he's about to probably going to go off for thirty, and the only thing that's going to slow him down is foul trouble or you know some, you know him just not being on the floor. So, you know, on the defensive end, uh, you know I don't know that he rates up there with guys like Isaiah Joe and, and Jimmy Witt, but offensively, this is the, I think he's the best player not only in the SEC offensively, maybe in the country. I'll say this: I think Mason Jones this year is the best player at Arkansas since the national championship team because you have you have to start thinking now that doesn't mean he's going to be an nba first round draft pick it doesn't mean anything for his future nor does it mean anything for last year or before that but this year you really have to start thinking i know there have been some awfully good players portis uh pargo guys who've had good numbers we have not seen a player do this I, I think yeah. since the national championship group, this is the best player we've seen at Arkansas this year for one year, and I hope it's for another year. But his numbers are just – and just, Kevin, you made a good point. He slithers to the basket somehow, and you'll be thinking he's just throwing the ball up so he can get fouled, and it goes in. It's, yeah. he, he is absolutely amazing around the basket. Yeah, and, and if you look at the craft he's added to his game this year, part of it's slimming down, but he makes these little subtle moves where guys now, because they're so worried about what he's doing, 
he did they but they go for any fake he gives them he'll have just some little up and under i mean he's added pieces to this and sometimes it's the little details and i think his second year the maturity you know he had a year in prep school before the year in juco so in effect he's a fourth year junior Mm. Uh, but a guy that's just you know if you you know and covering the games and listening to the opposing coaches come into that press room after games and they talk about him whether they their teams win or lose uh, they talk about Mason Jones. Sometimes that's the first thing they talk about, how amazed they are by his story and how unbelievable he is as a player to witness it in person. Look, now Arkansas now is 3-5 and five in games, in SEC games, when he scores 30 or more, and that includes winning their last two. So I think the formula with Mason Jones getting 30 or more is to have somebody else, a sidekick, a, a Robin yes. to the Batman, if you will. And it's been yes. either Isaiah Joe or last night it was Jimmy Witt. And Jimmy yeah. Witt was phenomenal, probably the player of that game. But, yeah. man, Mason Jones' story is, is one of the top stories in the country. Agree. Let me insert this real quick. Um, in talking with Ray Tucker on the program yesterday, I don't know if he anticipated this or knew it for a fact, but it did develop, if you will, today. The Sun Belt handed out their awards. Uh, no surprise, Daryl Walker was named the Joe Godfrey uh, coach of the year, uh, one of the greatest turnarounds in in the nation in a long time. They were picked 11th. The Trojans were picked 11th in the preseason. Uh, they flipped their record. They now have a record of 21 and 10. They dropped last night's game, um, and a 15 and 5 Sun Belt record, and that's Little Rock's first outright league title since 2015-16. Uh, Root Monyong uh, was named the Defensive Player of the Year from ULR, or Little Rock. Newcomer of the Year and First Team All-Sunbelt, uh, also making All-Sunbelt. And I know Ray questioned whether or not this will happen. Well, it did happen. Marquise Noel, he was named to the First Team All-Sunbelt team. And Kamani Johnson was named to the Third Team. So congratulations to those gentlemen, and in particular, Randy, can I uh, say something about that? Yes, please. Daryl Walker turned around Clark Atlanta University, a D2 school, in two years. He's done the mm-hmm. same thing in two years. And mm-hmm. These aren't players he inherited. These are guys he brought in himself. And he admitted his first season they weren't getting it done defensively. He went out and got bigger guys. You talked about Rude Monyong, the guy that averaged nearly a double-double. I've seen these guys up close and personal. Marquise Noel, extremely quick 5'7 guard out of New York City, a sophomore. This is a complete team. Uh, front line, they've got they've, they've recruited foreign nationals very well. You'll see a lot of those players in the Sun Belt, by the way, but that's a good basketball uh, league. That's a good mid-major uh, league. And the job he's done in his second season and getting to see the product he's put on the floor, that's a, a, a D1-worthy program uh, that, that Little Rock can be proud of. And, and uh, it's just a, a tip of the hat to Darrell Walker. No question. All right, let's uh, talk with the Duffer. Duffer, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Hey, Randy. So, uh, do y'all remember when Kenny Hudson was enrolled in Arkansas and, you know, was a world beater in high school and everything? Yes. Well, uh, a lot of y'all may know Joe Bob Wise, but he came into the Lone Oak Gym when some of us seniors were in there playing in the spring of 82 and said he'd been playing up in northwest Arkansas with all those guys. And I said, well, how good is Kenny Hutchinson? He said, Kenny Hutchinson is good, but there's some old dude named Martin Terry that nobody can stop. <laughs> and so Martin Terry yeah. was probably about 32 or 3 at that time. Yeah. And nobody yeah. up in that 
all the college kids, the college players that played with him all the time. They couldn't stop him then. And I can remember being a kid at Barton Coliseum watching him and Dean Tolson and, and uh, Daryl Salisbury and Ricky Medlock and all those guys. If they had had a three-pointer when him and Marvin Dell played, there's mm-hmm. no telling how many points they would have scored. And, and would have won know, more games. And would have won more games, yeah. Without a doubt, Martin Terry was a prolific scorer. Not just a shooter, yeah. a scorer. He could score from anywhere on the floor. And never got to play a postseason game. Never. That's right. That's exactly right. But I just uh, want to let you know, you you can count me in as, as, as a Martin Terry guy who, who, you know, was an unbelievable Razorback scorer. So. Well, you know, Duffer – saying that that is one of the first things that got me interested in arkansas basketball at that time was because you always wanted to find out the next day uh, i can't remember if there was radio even back then uh for martin i'm sure there was yeah. but uh i wanted so badly the next day just know how many he scored because he was <laughs> capable of scoring 50 a game it seemed like yeah oh yeah and you know they played several times a year at little rocket martin We'd go every time they were down here and, and watch them. And, I mean, of course, Ricky Medlock, I don't think, ever missed a free throw. And, and uh, Martin Terry just scored all the time. Well, you the think about this. from Cave huh? City. Ricky i got to look to be Medlock. sure. But um, I Thank believe you, Martin Terry averaged 28 points a game. It, he, it's by far the highest scoring average in school history. Sydney averaged, yeah. I think, his senior year 22 points a game. That's right. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that um, Mason Jones is as good as Moncrief because Sydney lifted the whole team, uh, made everybody better. But Mason Jones is, I'm telling you, if, if he had Brewer and Delph with him, um, I'm not sure he wouldn't be as, as good. He's just really, really good. But And, again, Terry did it with no three-point field goal. It's just amazing. Yeah. But, nonetheless, well, just think what the numbers would have been. In that same perspective, think what the numbers would have been for Pistol Pete and Mary. Marriage. Well, he averaged 44 for his career. But he didn't have the three-point line either. He didn't have a three-point line. For his, in three years, he averaged 44.3 points a game. Still the highest average. And you know what? He still has scored more points than anybody in college basketball. And he only played three years. And, and postseason games did not count in your stats then. But they only got to the postseason once. They played in the NIT his senior year. And Terry did average 28 as a senior and 24 as a junior. 28 points Amazing. per game this year would lead would lead the NCAA, by the way. It probably would, yeah. It would. It would. That'd be number one. Wow. Uh, anytime Pete steps on the floor, that was that was uh, that was full blown excitement. All right, drive time sports will continue in a moment. Again, uh, joined by Kevin McPherson. Uh, there is great questions whether or not we'll be having a show tomorrow with uh, Arkansas taking on South Alabama and baseball. So we want to get Kevin in, and he graciously has uh, come on today here at um, the 430 mark. All right, uh, let's talk with Hack. Hack, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Gentlemen, how are you all doing today? Good afternoon, Hack. Um, Kevin, a couple questions for you. Uh, Rick and Randy, I want you to jump on the last question. Uh, Kevin, I've heard you insinuate that assuming the three players that haven't signed, stick and sign, will be full, uh, 
you know, you kind of think of just out of nutrition, by the way, college basketball is, they're going to have a couple guys probably leave, don't know names or anything, but to look at the, you know, Porto and see if we can get a, get a Jimmy Witt, which I would appreciate. Um, I've been really disappointed with Sella. So um, one guy yeah. last night that I think had an incredible game, and I don't know where it's been all, his whole career, is Ethan Henderson. I mean, really? last night. Yes. Uh, if he played like that all season, uh, you know, I don't know where we'd be. I, and Jimmy Witt had an incredible game. Um, my question to you, is there any high school players out there that we have an asterisk by maybe that you know of? And then uh, the, all three of you can chime in here. Uh, on the morning show, they were talking about Mason Jones is one of the top ten greatest Razorbacks of all time. I think he's having one of the top ten greatest seasons of all time. But my top ten, uh, at point guard, I go Lee Mayberry, and then uh, I'll uh, throw a Sidney Moncrief out there, and then I'll throw a guard forward slash utility Todd Day. Uh, forward, I'll go big nasty, and then center, I'll take Joe Klein. That's five. And then my next five, I'll take a Daryl Walker, a Alvin Robertson, and uh, uh Scotty Thurman, uh, throwing a Scott Hastings and a Oliver Miller. That's 10 right there. And I'm leaving off, you know, Ron Brewer Sr. I'm leaving off Marvin Dell, uh, Joe yeah. Johnson. And, and this is strictly as their career in Razorbacks. Now, if my, Mason Jones comes back next year and has another year, then we can talk. But before I put him in that yeah. company, I, I, I'll see what how your top 10, just off the top of your head, where, where, what you guys think. And uh, keep up the good work, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you on, the, on the recruiting, yeah, on the recruiting question, Arkansas is obviously. I do think they're going to look in the portal. I don't think with four high school players come in, and we just said assuming they're all on board, I think I think Muskin's going to turn his attention to older guys coming out of that portal. And I'd be surprised if there's uh, fewer than uh, he's going to kick the tires on everybody that's come through coming through. And I already have written a couple of stories this week about two players already in the portal, two players that Arkansas's already contacted. In both cases, within hours of them going in the portal. So one was a forward, a big man. Another was a guard, uh, you know, a guy that might be another Jimmy. I'm not saying he's the same type of player, but a, a six-foot guard out of Western Illinois, uh, Kobe Webster, that averages 17 a game. So I think the transfer portal, not really another high school player, would be the focus point if they look to, to fill more needs with roster attrition in the spring. And what you just said about Mason, I agree. I don't. I wouldn't put Mason Jones in the top ten Razorbacks all time. I do have Ron Burr Sr. awfully high. People I respect think think he's the greatest Razorback player ever. Saying that, knowing there's a Sidney Moncrief that's been at the University of Arkansas, I don't agree with that, but I'd probably have Ron Burr in my top five. But the rest of your ten, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's a good list. Here's who I would say. <clears throat> I would say we've been talking about Martin Terry. I'd put him in there. But none of us saw him play. Uh, he was before I got here. But I'd put him in there. Brewer, Moncrief, and Delph all, all are in the top ten. Uh, then you go to Nolan's first great team, and Mayberry and Day are definitely in the top ten. Oliver Miller, yeah. I'd say slightly outside the top ten. Then you go to um, the national championship team. Corliss and Scotty are in the top ten. Uh, Joe Klein's in the top ten. I don't know if that's ten. If it's nine, and, you, and Scott Hastings, boy, that'd be a good one to talk about. Darrell Walker, Alvin Robertson. So again, but I agree with him also. If Mason Jones comes down, comes back next year, even with all the talent that's coming in, let's say he averages 18 a game, then you've yeah. got to start putting him in that category. No doubt. 
no doubt. That, that's that's a great point. You expect the numbers to go down for anybody coming back, and Isaiah Joe or Mason Jones with the players they have coming in, and right. uh, including the guys that have sat out this year. J.D. Note is, by all accounts, is a guy that can score the basketball. He's going to be a, a key player. We know Desi Seals keeps improving, and of course. Uh, Connor Vanover, I think, is going to be a guy that produces in volume, even when he's even if he's a 20 minutes per game guy. I could see him averaging double figures. I'm not going to compare him to Al Dillard, but in the sense of how they play, but in the sense of how they can put up numbers quickly, there's a comparison there. Let me. Well, well the only reason I can't, I can't. Well, go ahead, Randy. Sorry. Well, the only reason I can't put Joe on that list is simply because Joe Johnson, he only played what two years yeah, at year Arkansas. And a half. Year and a, a half. Year and a half. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A year. Right. Effectively a year and a half. That's right. Right. Much better pro than he was a Razorback. Okay, Kevin, while well, we got you just for two more minutes, I think the most important thing in Arkansas's entire season was moving into 10th spot last night. Uh, seeing as how the season worked out, they got to avoid that 11th spot. I know Texas A&M won at Auburn last night, but they're 15 and 14 overall, 9 and 8 in the league. Arkansas really needs to win that game because if yeah. they, because Missouri could beat Alabama at home, if if Arkansas loses and Missouri wins, Arkansas is the 11th seed. They really need to win this game Saturday. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean well, if they end up in a tie with uh, Missouri, Missouri has the tiebreaker because correct. they beat now, Auburn. Yeah, the one I don't know, and maybe Kevin knows, is if Arkansas lost, Missouri won, and Mississippi upset Mississippi State at Starkville. Then it's a three-way tie, and Arkansas, Arkansas would be the 10 seed by virtue of having the best okay. record head-to-head amongst those three teams. Okay, that's what I was curious. Very good. But I think that's yeah. huge, because if they're the 11 seed, even if they win three games at the tournament, they're not getting in the NCAA. I don't think. So. All right, guys, let's get in uh, Tom. He's been holding for quite a few minutes before we run out okay. of time. Tom, you have a question or comment for Kevin? Yeah, well, I was going to mention Joe Johnson, which everybody seems to be neglecting, including the morning crew. But since y'all have already covered that, I'll ask uh, Kevin the question that Trey Biddy wouldn't acknowledge, even acknowledge was a thing. I don't care about this, but Kevin, do you know why uh, uh, Musselman almost never – he wore red last night. But that's like the third time this season he's done it at home. He's in green, he's in gray, he's in blue. <laughs> Just right. what's up with that? But they all have Razorbacks on them. I don't know. They do they all have Razorbacks. Yeah. I, I could tell you when they beat Missouri wearing that charcoal gray, the oh staff decided, and I didn't report this, but I heard they decided to wear it again. Because they, after okay. a five-game losing streak, you'll do just about anything to keep the wins coming. I'm definitely not trying to start anything. It's just from the very beginning. Now, the first time I saw Muslim, he was wearing green. I'm like, what is Well, this? have you seen him at the press conferences? He's wearing Walmart and Tyson. <laughs> right. He's, he's right. becoming local. He Thank wants you, to Tom. be here. Thank you, Tom. All right, Kevin, we'll hopefully talk with you next week at your normal time. That's Kevin McPherson, Arkansas Hoop Scoop, courtesy of hogville.net. Up next, Trey Biddy of hogsports.net.